Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it's been a beautiful week. I mean, it snowed last week, and it's beautiful this week. There's a little front coming through now. It's just like, this is how it is for probably through about Valentine's Day. Then it starts to get nicer and nicer. It's already, you can feel the days are getting a little longer. It just feels better. And your plants feel that too. So they are definitely budding up. You see, if you look up and down the stems of, let's say, your fruit trees or your maples or your shrubs, you'll see new nodes coming out to those buds. Those are either a flower bud or it's a leaf bud. That's what's going to erupt usually in about, I don't know, in March sometime. You'll see definitely the daffodils are blooming, the the forsythia are in bloom, the jasmine has already been been blooming. The, the camellias just opened up. Uh, this week, you're starting to see them show color. So you're seeing this. It's starting. And then what will happen is those things will start to they'll, they'll butt up for you. And then they'll kind of rest during the cold cycle. So go, okay, well, we'll just hold off. So it's kind of slow motion. They're like cold-blooded creatures instead of warm-blooded. You know, they just go with the flow. Whatever, whatever nature brings them, they just kind of go, okay, we'll grow some more now. And so we're seeing some definite um, growth now. So the ground is not frozen at at the lower elevations. Lower, I mean low being under 6,000 foot level. Uh, That's not low to, it's super high to to Phoenician or some from Tucson, Southern Cal. But for us in the mountains, those folks that we're just here, we love the mountains, you know, that three to four. 6,000 foot levels, just kind of this chaparral zone, some pine trees sprinkled in and out, so lots of manzanitas and and uh, lots of junipers. And, and, and uh, it, that's that's the most that zone is the ground is not, not frozen and it's starting to actively produce next this spring's uh, flower and leaf buds or candle growth. Above that, higher elevation, okay, Williams and White Mountains, Flagstaff, okay, you guys are, that's a whole nother league. Your season is so short. It's just a shorter growing season. But still, things, you should still get your pruning done. You should still get the soil prepared. So I'm starting to add some manures, my fertilizers. For me, I want to add about a two to three inch layer of organic material, uh, composted material, uh, manures, uh, not so much straw. I don't. I don't like that in my soil. I like that on top of the soil. But you want composted materials blended down into your soil, down to one shovel's depth or one rototiller depth. So about eight to ten, twelve inches. So I want that two-inch layer. And while I'm turning that soil over, getting ready to plant the artichokes, getting ready to plant the onions, getting ready to plant tomatoes down the road. Uh, I, I want to add the fertilizer to that. And so I make my own uh, vegetable and fruit tree fertilizer. So it's organic, it's pelletized, it's easy to spread, easy to measure, and really effective. So there, I'll, I'll add that. At the same time, especially where I know that my plants that need more calcium, 
Some things get blossom end rot, so tomatoes and cucumbers and eggplants and peppers are notorious for having this black spot on the end that's usually, almost always, produced by a calcium deficiency. So I'll put the fruit and vegetable food on there. Then I'll also put some gypsum or some, some sort of calcium source down in there as well. You really do want to get this, if you're going to prepare your soils, you really do want to get this done pretty much ASAP. So by the end of February, at the minimum, so I'm, I'll be planting lettuce and spinach and parsley, and I'll be planting March 1. You really do want to amend your soil, get all those manures and composts and or peat moss and the, the, the fertilizers, the nutrients in there. You want that in the ground at least two weeks prior to planting. So if you've got a March 1 plant date for onions and garlics and asparagus and lettuce and uh, kales and Swiss chard, there's all these leafy materials you can plant starting March 1 at most of our elevations. Most of you listening tuned in, you can start planting March 1. The ground will be thawed. It won't be warm yet. It'll still be cool, frosting at night, but that's what brings the flavor out of your leafy materials, your broccolis and cauliflowers, and that's what makes the head larger. You want cool nights, bright days. That's the month of March and April in the mountains of Arizona. You want that soil prepared a couple weeks before so you get some time for it to settle, to take some of that nitrogen. If you got the nutrients a little off-based, it helps it kind of settle in. Also, it turns that soil over so that it's exposed to more winter. You want those insects, the eggs, the, the, the so earwigs and pill bugs. You want those things disturbed and then exposed to the cold nights. So you'll have less issues coming on as you plant next spring. It'll also mitigate some of your mildews and leaf spots. It's just, you really want to get that amended and then um, adding your nutrients, and then let it settle. Even water, you want some snow. You want some some rain to come in there and get into that soil so that it, it kind of neutralizes or evens or balances out all those nutrients that you added to your soil. If I, at the same time, I do quite a bit of gardening in my own containers. So my containers, what I do is I flip those off every, I don't flip them off, that's bad. Uh, what I do is I'll, I'll garden into in my pots. My tomatoes and peppers will be in my containers one year. The next year they'll be in the raised bed. So I'm always uh, rotating those. And so I want some freshness in my containers every year. So this year I grew tomatoes. I'm going to, this year I'll probably grow potato, uh, uh, um, something else, eggplants or, or I don't know, watermelons, or I'll grow something else in those containers. There's always I'm always rotating the crops. I want some fresh potting soil in those large pots. And so I'll take the top, I don't know, a foot to 18 inches out of that big pot. And I take that and I dump it into my raised beds. I'm always adding some soil over there. So I'm always, I can get some fresh soil here. So part of my two-inch layer on my raised beds is part of that used last year's potting soil. I'll kind of add, add that to that. Hopefully I'm making sense here. And then I'll add some fresh potting soil, fresh layer in those containers. Uh, it really is a game changer as far as freshness, uh, production, vitality of your plants. Soil gets used up. And so just because it looks rich and it's sitting there doesn't mean it's got nutrients and vitality in the soil. You need to actually amend that and add some freshness to that soil to keep those plants growing. 
And you want to do it at least two to four weeks before your actual start date, your plant date, your when you're going to put those plants in. You can, you can be starting plants indoors right now. So you can start by seed uh, those leafy crops. So things that form, you're, you're harvesting the leaf or the, the flower head. So broccoli, that's a flower head you're actually eating. And so you, you plant that early while it's still cool. Well, you can start those seeds now indoors and then transplant those outdoors later. I mean, I will have starts here at the garden center as well. If you make a mistake, we got you covered, got your backside. Uh, I'll have kale and I'll have all Swiss chards, all organic and non-GMO. It's all the stuff you want. It's all, we, we only sell here at my garden center stuff that I would want, want to plant myself. And so I want my neighbors to have the same stuff. And part of the reason that you grow your own plants, your own crops, your own berries and grapes and apples and lettuce and tomatoes and eggplants and is so that you can you can control what you're eating, what what's being sprayed on those, what how it was grown. You just know. Whereas at the grocery store, they say organic. You don't know what that means. What was it? Yeah, it was shipped in an organic truck, so we'd labeled it organic. Yeah, it's a non-GMO truck. So yeah, there we go. So the no, come on. There's too many games played. When you grow it yourself, you know what you're getting. And so, but now just the point being, I was out preparing soils. And so your garden content, what you get on the radio show is basically what I'm doing in my own gardens or what I see at the garden center, what I'm hearing other folks doing. So soil prep, now's the time. Soil prep for wildflower seeds, now's the time. Soil prep for where you're going to grow your uh, your tomatoes or your new whatever, flowers, now's the time. So we'll have you know pansies coming at the garden center within – three weeks four weeks middle of february we'll have roses they're already they're starting to ship so we'll have the 2020 rose varieties coming in middle of february and so it's starting we're just one step removed you want to have that soil ready before it actually gets here got a lot in store for you this week we've got lisa waters lane coming in with your garden questions after this you've been listening to the mountain gardener with ken lane owner of waters garden center in prescott Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Let's talk poop. Hey, I'm Tommy at Waters Garden Center. Ken and Lisa are out right now, so I snuck in to remind you that it's time to add some manure to your garden. It's been a wet winter, and your soil is, well, pooped. Waters Barnyard Manure adds nutrients to get your garden growing. It's organic and odorless, so we really can say our poop don't stink. Buy six bags or more. They're only $5.99. Now that's a load of crap. Tommy, what's going on? Oh, poop, gotta go. Natural, safe, odorless, and organic at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and shares garden questions. What are your neighbors talking about? There's something to be learned by 
just listening in sometimes. So sometimes you don't even know what questions to ask. And so Lisa comes in and helps inform us what we should be asking. Does that sound right? Sure. (laughs) We can go with that. Anyway, so welcome back to the studio. And what kind of questions we got this week? What are you, any kind of gardening stuff going on? Kind of all over the board, but we'll get started. Okay. Okay, so Rachel has a new home in the Prescott Valley area that she needs to get landscape into. She wants to know, can you plant trees and shrubs this time of year? Will they be okay? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no problem. We have crews going out virtually daily to install plants for folks. We've got a planting service. We can show you how to do it. And and the soil um, is really easy to take right now. The beauty of planting now during the, the early spring, late winter, is that plants, there's zero transplant shock. And so you can put that thing in the ground, almost abuse it. You can almost run it over the truck. It would still figure out how to wake up, come back alive. That's the beauty. The negative is going to be you forget that you planted it out there. So it's a twig. It's a <laughs> beautiful aspen or maple or, or a service berry or, or a native bear grass. You plant it out there. And we have all these in stock. They're here for a reason. It's mainly so our contractors can have it. And there's some that, like our Alaska customers, the Minnesota, Wisconsin, they winter here. They're planting now. They're going, this is winter? <laughs> this is this is great. Uh, and then they're going back to uh, their homes, their summer homes, later. So they want to plant now. So we've got inventory. It's not the whole, you know, we don't have tomato plants now. It's the wrong time for those. We don't have... Uh, you know, annual uh, zinnias now, it's the wrong season. But we do have pansies. We do have the evergreens. We do have, we just had uh, forsythia show up. Lilacs are in. We've got some beautiful evergreen camellias. They're actually starting to bloom. They're blooming here at the nursery. They're one of the first things to bloom in spring. A beautiful evergreen shrub, camellia, that announces, you know, it's coming. Don't be, get get ready. Uh, So absolutely, you can plant now. Make sure you water through winter about twice a month. That's the secret. So don't plant it, water it once, and go, oh, it'll go until April. Uh, Sometimes we don't see moisture now through April. Sometimes we're buried alive by snow and moisture now through April. Don't rely on Mother Nature. Help it. And then the other one is don't overwater it. Don't water every day or every other day or every week. This time of year, because that's too much. And so you'll get some root rot. So the secret is watering, but don't water too much. In fact, if you're going to plant wildflowers, this is the month to plant mm-hmm. wildflowers. Now, there is no better month. Now through February is your peak, you know, optimal window for putting spreading wildflower seed in the yard to create a, so it will come up in the spring. So it's it depends on what you're planting, but for sure trees and shrubs, especially in Prescott Valley, yeah. they're a click warmer. They're zone seven, zone eight out there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, you covered that one. Yes. It's too much? No. <laughs> Should we go over how to plant? No, that's too much. No. So Ron would like to know, when should he prune his grapes? And his second question is on his uh, blackberries and raspberries, how does he know what to prune? <laughs> we could do a whole class on that. Oh, my gosh. So grapes, those are easy. Prune now. You have through now through March. Uh, now through March. You've got a couple months to get your, your, your grapes pruned. 
do it now, then fertilize them with the fruit tree and berry food. We make our own organic fertilizer that's just, you prune, then usually spray it with all-season oil to get rid of the, here's a little caterpillar that gets on there, uh, elm leaf or, or grape leaf skeletonizer. You want to spray that, then you fertilize, and then you just wait for spring to happen. It'll usually happen uh, towards the end of April. They'll start to emerge and start to grow and, and go, take off from there. Uh, blackberries, raspberries, uh, 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 blueberries, these are a little bit different. So here, most berries, most edible, especially brambles, they're going to produce berries on second-year wood. Okay, it gets a little weird here. So that cane that grew up from, from the ground and just put on you know eight foot of growth, that's the one that's going to produce all the berries this year. The one that produced berries last year, you know, they've got a, maybe a few spent leftover berries on them, probably not. Those are the ones that won't produce or won't produce nearly as heavily. Those are the ones you want to focus on and take out. You take them right back to the ground. This is I'm kind of going a cursory 30,000-foot <laughs> view, but yeah. that's generally most varieties. That's what you do of raspberries and blackberries. So for us, when our blackberries, and, and when they're in bloom, when they're in fruit, We'll actually take bird tape, and this little secret I picked up from an old gardener out in Chino Valley. Uh, he, he said, "Well, gotta keep the birds off, and then I'll put the bird tape on the ones that are fruiting, scares the birds away, and then he leaves it on so I know which ones to prune mm-hmm. next spring." With that's good brilliant. Idea. That's that's brilliant. I'll, yeah, that's a great idea. So now I know which mm-hmm. ones to go after. So you want to encourage again, fertilize. Right after you're done pruning, spray them with the all-season spray. You don't want those insects getting in into the fruits. So you prune it, spray it, fertilize it. And now through March, I would say in the next month to six weeks is your optimal time to prune things like that. Fruit trees, that kind of stuff. Figs, okay. figs. pomegranates, persimmons, all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I would think you'd wait on figs. Yeah, You know, it just doesn't matter. Figs. Yeah, yeah. They don't grow into trees here at this right, elevation. Right. They're growing into bushes. Yeah. And many times, if it's a real cold winter, it'll kill them right back to the ground. They, they almost become a, a perennial. They'll come back yeah. from the ground fresh every year. So some things are like that. Okay. All right. Next question is from Larry. He has a spruce tree that's about seven years old. It's developed two liters, essentially. Oh, okay. Two central liters. He wants to know, should he prune one out? Or just let nature take its course? And the second part of that question is, should he prune off the lower branches closest to the ground? Excellent question. Glad you're out there walking the yard, taking a look. Uh, Never let nature just happen by itself. (laughs) It gets freakish. We want to control. We're gardeners. God gave us this gift of gardening at the creation. So uh, take to mend and take care of the garden. So you can control that. So if it's got two liters, that's not normal. It can create, I mean, 30 years, 40, 50 years from now, a problem. Not in your lifetime, but down the road. But why not have a beautiful central leader growing up with nice swooping branches? That's what you want a spruce tree to, to look like. So take the weakest of the two. So that you've got two leaders. One of them will be obviously a little bit longer, stronger. The buds are a little bigger. Take the better looking and cut the other one off. Now when it grows next March and April... It'll put all of that energy into that one remaining uh, branch. So that's how you get rid of two liters. That's for pine trees, junipers, cypress, cedars, 
and spruce, anything, mainly evergreens do that. Mm -hmm. So do that. Now, do I prune the bottom? Generally, no, you let nature do its thing. What we do in our yard is we will prune up the first layer or two just so when I'm cleaning things up, I can rake out from underneath it better. I want those branches to sort of touch the ground so the quail... The birds love to be out there. Just it, Nature likes it closer to the ground because they feel more protected, especially sure. your smaller birds. But I, but I compromise and go, well, I want I want to be able to reek out underneath that pretty easily. And so it's it's like maybe one branch touching the ground. If it's really on the ground, mm-hmm. I'll prune that off. Everything else kind of, I'll let it kind of hover, bounce against the ground. That's kind of kind of how we do it. Yeah. That and... Let's say we've got a huge juniper in the backyard. Mm-hmm. It's a big male. It's starting to you see it's starting to turn yellow. Yes. It's got the <laughs> got the pollen going. Uh, that one I'll prune up above head height. So I'm six two. I want to I don't want to duck every time or ding my forehead every time I crawl underneath that thing to to, to garden. Mm-hmm. And so I prune all the branches up to above head height. If you're only five ten or four nine <laughs> or whatever. Put it to that height. There's no right or wrong. It's just mm-hmm. what's convenient for you, what's comfortable, what makes gardening easier. Mm-hmm. We've got some art underneath it that we downlight, and we want to be able to show that off. Mm-hmm. And so we, we prune it accordingly, and you can do the same. So sometimes a book is too rigid. This is more flexible. We can, you can, we can make it beautiful the way we want it. Great questions this week, folks. So Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners will be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. As the days get longer and brighter, houseplants can struggle and scorch, but we have the solution. At Waters, we've organized our houseplants from A to Z for the brightest of sunny locations, many even bloom. With experts that know plants and how to make them grow. Shipments of the freshest houseplants in town have just arrived from A to Z and ready for a bright new home. Waters Garden Center, where people who love bright green houseplants, they love to shop, found in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. Something else I noticed, at least inside with my houseplants. Uh, The days are short. The, the, The sun angle is pretty low. Some of the plants that were further into the living room, uh, TV rooms, uh, it's a little dark right now. And so especially taller cacti, euphorbias, aloes, uh, ZZ plants, they'll start to stretch and start to lean. They'll start growing towards the light. I just need more light. Please help me. And so I rolled a couple house plants, just moved them 
close to the window. I said, don't struggle. I'm here for you. My name's, I'm your gardener. I'm your, I'm your plant father. Here, let me help you out. And so you just move the pot a little bit for, for a couple weeks. He'll take in the sun and just kind of go, oh, thanks so much. And so you can, it, it, just because a house plant's in your house doesn't mean it have to stay right there. They're in containers. You can move them about a little bit if they're starting to stretch a little bit. Um, maybe give them just a touch more light. Put a light bulb next to them, full spectrum. Uh, um, the day is going to be, be longer pretty quickly, but that's still six weeks. You know, March, the days are pretty long at that point. Uh, that's a little that's a little long for some things. So the ZZ plant, one of them had a real long uh, stem coming out. I just went, okay, that's enough. And I snipped it off going, you're taking up too much real estate. Let's get it back together here. And so it'll, it'll encourage some new growth coming out of the middle. Uh, and then gave it just a little bit more light. And so this is when plants start to struggle because the days are just so short right now. At least your indoor plants. Outdoor plants, they're in hibernation mode. The sap is moving in those plants outdoors. Your, your evergreens, the spruce and the pine, the firs, the cypress, the, you're seeing buds, little candle buttons on the end of the, end of the branches. They're swelling. They're getting larger. That's why if you didn't fertilize last October, November sometime, you really should fertilize them right now. It'll take that food, and those plants are still growing. Uh, what, the, what you see, that growth on top with the branches, the new leaf buds, flower buds, and that's also happening down below on the roots. If you fertilize some, like, they can take in more of those nutrients, and so you get more of that top growth, especially if you bought a house that maybe wasn't taken care of the last decade or so, and you're still trying to clean things up. If you're, if you're trimming things up, you're trying to get things remodeled, getting ready for remodels, um, fertilize after you're done pruning, and that'll help that plant to fill out. So a, a wispy pinion pine tree, it just hasn't been cared for in years, and you're trying to tr get all the dead wood out. If you fertilize it right after you're done, even, even now, uh, it will really be a game changer for next spring's growth when it when it elongates and has those new new candle growth, new needles, new leaves, whatever that thing is you're you're planting or you're you're trimming, it will benefit from that. And so the product, the fertilizer I recommend, is a seven four four all purpose plant food. Now that that food I made oh, two decades ago, it is like magic for. For evergreens, natives, it's got cottonseed meal as the, as the main ingredient in that. And it it really makes things green up, flower, more fragrant. And then we bump some sulfur in there so it makes it more acidic. It just brings out the most of those landscapes. But if you did fertilize last fall, it is important. Get it. It's setting flowers now. Help it set better flowers. Then indoors, I would say... My house plants, there we've got quite a few rooms, lots of plants. We love we love plants. Obviously, we own a garden center. We love plants. We like talking about plants. We do an hour program every every weekend just on plants. But some of the house plants are stretching, getting a little yellow. Uh, you could tell the daylight, the short day parts are, are just hard on them. So if you could, big plants, I have them on casters. I just roll them over going, here, have some more light. I'm here for you. Uh, and then a fertilizer for them, if you're an indoor houseplant, if you want the best plant food ever. Um, I made this composted tea 
for transplant shock out in the yard. It's mainly if you're planting a new tree, new shrub, more vegetables out in the yard. It's an organic tea, composted tea. It looks like brown syrup, looks like maple syrup or something, only richer and thicker. It's got a it's got a nutrient factor to it that is like magic for houseplants. It's liquid, you know, it's like a two tablespoons in a gallon. It's pretty easy to use. But boy, have the houseplants ever responded to that, especially your leafy greeny ones, so your pothos and philodendrons, euphorbias, the cacti, the aloes, they really respond to that. If you're doing blooming things, I've got a better better food for blooming things called flower power of all things but the houseplant variety that's called root and grow again i made it the titles for outdoors transplant shock and it works great for that but it really works well for an organic fertilizer for seed starts uh, indoor houseplants oh it's just again steeped uh, tea we just make this tea out of it that makes it concentrate and now it becomes a fertilizer great stuff uh, always have some on the shelf, but it works on my houseplants and outdoors as well. Hey, we got a lot more in store for you. We got Lisa coming up with her tidbits right after this. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Gold Euonymus. An excellent choice for colored hedges and as tough as they come. This evergreen displays bold gold, head-high foliage that grows even thicker when sheared. A single shrub makes a bold statement for just $27, but in rows they make excellent visual and sound barriers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love bold gold hedges, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our red clusterberry cotoneaster. Stunning white flowers cover the shrub in spring, then form red berries. A large evergreen that is tough, easy to grow, and tolerates poor soil. So thick when sheared, it's the perfect privacy for hot tubs, secluded entertainment areas, and prying eyes for just $39. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love red-berried cotoneaster, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we have Lisa Waters Lane back in the studio. My darling, we went up to uh, Woodshoot. (laughs) To hike right after that storm last weekend. Yes. I know, Sunday afternoon or it something. might have been a mistake. Well, which <laughs> wasn't a mistake. There's a lot of snow. I think that's at 7,000. It's basically yeah. like Flagstaff. It's in yeah. between here, Prescott, and Jerome. Mm-hmm. That mountain, you go up the hill, hook a left, that's Woodshoot. It's beautiful up there. It's just stunning. So some friends, oh, uh, yeah. we've met some friends up there, and hiked around for maybe, I, 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 I logged four miles. Mine said 4.2. 4.2, okay. Well, you've got that fancy Fitbit stuff. <laughs> to tell your heart rate, like, stroking out. Stroking out, yeah. <laughs> big big warning sign comes on. <laughs> We're hiking through a foot of snow up there. It was crazy. The dogs, yeah. the lab loved it, thought wow. it was in He was in heaven. Labradoodle, yeah. not so much. And the schnauzer just went buried you know, <laughs> neck deep every once in a while. I got a miniature schnauzer. It's only 10 pounds. Foot and high. Maybe, foot high. Yeah. Had to k- try to carry her. She goes, you're not carrying it. 
you can't carry enough of this. <laughs> I'm walking. So this is a beautiful place. We it live is. in it's not just we Prescott. We yeah. we Northern Arizona. Yeah. Arizona is a beautiful, diverse, stunning state. I mean, to go from we could have gone golfing two oh, miles yeah. that you know two hours that way to drive an, an hour 45 minutes to get up to Woodshoot from our house in a day and then come mm-hmm. back down and this is just a magical place I it love is it. I love Arizona it's beautiful I love the diversity within the state I love the vistas being able yeah. to look out and to see mountain yeah. ridge after mountain ridge and and see San Francisco peaks and the dells and it's just beautiful we were up on top of Woodshoot looking down on Granite Mountain which mountain, dear? Granite Mountain. Really? Okay. Granite Mountain. So <laughs> the mountains look different from different. If you look at a mountain from a different mountain range, it looks a little different. I said, no, that can't be Granite Mountain. No way. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and everyone's going, no, we think it is. We went, nope, can't be. I'm confident of this. And then we break out our phones and go, yeah, that's 20, it's 25 miles away. That's Granite Mountain. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right yeah. Yes. So mount, mountain guide, you are not. You couldn't... Uh... Billy goat, maybe, but not mountain guide. <laughs> Although I've done some guiding, not uh. not in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> we digress. Why does yeah. we... What, let's talk about you okay. and your gardening. Yes. So I have had... Of course, you know, this time of year, we don't have a lot of people coming in, but I love it when people come in and talk because yeah. we got time to talk. That's if you right. ever wanted to... Visit a garden center and just ask your questions. Now's the time to do it. I had a guy in yesterday. He had his phone out, and he came in for one thing. Then he's digging through, and he goes, well, I'm sure I've got some more questions somewhere. So he's digging through <laughs> his pictures, and you know, and, and now's the time to do that, definitely. If Mother's got, Day weekend. Yeah. You would never. We got to keep going. We pushed right. the crew going, listen, we're going to have 1,000 customers come through today. <laughs> you got to keep moving. You can't right. spend 30, 40 minutes with one customer. You got to mm-hmm. keep moving. You got to spread the, the, the knowledge. Now mm-hmm. you can. So it, it's fun to talk to customers this time of year. And I'm still amazed at the number of, of newer people in the area. And I think one of their, the biggest things that I've heard this week and the week before is everything in my yard looks dead. Everything's yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. Everything's dead. You know, and yeah. they've come from places where you don't get a lot of dormancy yeah. in your trees and shrubs. So I started thinking about, well, what are things you can have in your yard? You should have some evergreens in your yard, especially shrubs as well as trees. So I did a walkabout in the okay. nursery. And I'm like, well, what do we have that's evergreen? Evergreen shrub. I kind of focused on shrubs. And once I started walking through it, I'm like, wow, there's, there there's we got a lot. a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And some of them are like the red tip botany are starting to push a little bit of new mm-hmm. growth. It's yeah. You're starting to see that very first, first indication, indication that spring is just around the corner mm-hmm. in a few weeks out. Of course, it's growing now because it's warm. Yeah. Next week, it'll be it'll cold. It'll, st- <laughs> it'll shut down. It just doesn't grow a, doesn't grow a millimeter for that's two weeks the crazy winters and yeah, springs in arizona right. <laughs> but so i thought i would just talk about a few of the really nice evergreen shrubs that we have in uh, they could easily go into your landscapes and perform wonderfully and as we discussed earlier it's a great time to plant certainly can plant now what is your favorite evergreen shrub you know my favorite evergreen shrub is gatoniaster parnii or the oh. red cluster berry gatoniaster yeah. i just think it's it's kind of fits into a lot of more native-y type landscapes if you like that or you can you can certainly prune it and shape it and keep it whatever you want it to be 
I love that it puts on a red berry in the fall and winter. Um, and it's just, there's not insects that go after it. There's yeah. not critters that go after it. Deer stay away from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Javelina, no problem. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably one of my, my favorite, my go-to. I always call it my go-to yeah. shrub. Yeah, they're looking pretty good. I saw yeah. some uh, yesterday in the, in the shop, uh, the nursery, and, and they've got some red berries on them still. Yeah. So the birds haven't gotten them yet. Right. Go ahead, ask me. What's your favorite one, oh, Well, honey? thank you, dear, for asking me that. I just I was waiting for that. <laughs> I know you were. Mine is Eliagnus. Oh, yeah. Or, or uh, um, Silverberry. Uh, the, the native, not the native one. Uh, there's a native blue-colored one. Mm-hmm. It's pretty and it's tough. It's a very fragrant flower. I like the hybrid of that. It's got mm-hmm. a gold tinge uh, around the edge. It's a very gold, very native. I mean, you plant it. Don't even put it on the drip system. Water it by hand. A couple times a month. Just mm-hmm. keep, really, you're going to overwater it if you water it, put it on the drip system. But it's just a big, you know, six-foot shrub, beautiful evergreen, evergold leaves, right. pretty flower, not pretty, but fragrant flower. Fragrant. Uh, just tough, tough. No animals eat it. Yeah. It's it's one of our plants that no one knows about because it's from Arizona. No one's from Arizona. So, But it's, <laughs> it's one of us that just adapts so well. It's an yeah. evergreen. No, that's a great one. That's terrific. So yeah, those are two that I actually noted when I was out there. The Eliagnus are looking really good. Uh, one that's similar to that gilded Eliagnus is the golden Euonymus, Yeah, which is really pretty. That yellow and green variegated certainly adds brightness out there in the yard. It is... The deer like to eat it. So yeah. if you're in a heavy deer area, unless you have a way to fence it off. Sure. In the backyard or something backyard, where the dogs kind yeah. of dog run or something. Right, right. It's yeah. probably not one for you, but it is a great, great shrub. That, that. one looks like Eliagnus, my mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. It's actually prettier. It's much nicer, glossier foliage, yeah. but it's not a native. Right. It's one, you do put that one on the drip system. If you do, it just thrives. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Treat it like a tree or a shrub. Does right. great. Water it once a week and you're mm-hmm. good to go. Beautiful hedge, hedge yep. or the Midwestern folks yeah. love that golden euonymus. Right. It's beautiful. Boxwoods kind of fall of into that yeah. one as well. A lot of people from uh, Illinois, places like that, boxwoods are used frequently. Um, that's another good one for animal resistant. Um, good evergreen. Nice that you can shape it yeah. however you want. Low so, growing, kind of three foot and lower, most yeah. most of them. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a green tower. Green tower gets taller and narrower, so yeah. it fits nicely into some odd spaces yeah. that sometimes that you can't get a big shrubby shrub into. Uh, green tower is a nice one for that. A couple other really nice ones I'll mention. Nandina. That's oh, probably perfect. another one of my favorites. And everybody goes, oh, Nandina. Yeah. But you know what? Animals don't touch them. Insects don't touch them, and they're beautiful color. You yeah. get more than just that green. You get the green and the red and the orange, and you can get the tall, the heavenly bamboo. The taller one gets, what, five, six feet? Yeah. Uh, Gulfstream, three feet. So it's it's a good basic shrub. I would say the same yard. thing about winter creeper. It's a mm-hmm. lower-growing, ground-covery yeah. kind of thing. So winter creeper has this change of colors. So it's right. got real, real pretty purples and reds right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, Oregon grape. Yeah, that's another Mahonia. one on my list. That's I have the Oregon grape, grape holly. Just tough, tough yeah. little plant. Oh, it is, definitely. Um, the other one that I put down that maybe people don't think of is the globe spruce. Oh, yeah, so sure. It, it's, it has the same coloring as the blue spruce, stays rounder, gets 
five by five, maybe. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Three by three is more three normal. Three by three, yeah. probably more normal. But real pretty out in the landscape, maintains its shape and size. You're not going to have to do a lot of maintenance on it. Um, but it gets you that blue shot that you like sometimes out in your yard. And your list looks like you're flipping through pages. Um, I know there's more, <laughs> but we're out of time. So. Darn it. We, all these are available at the garden mm-hmm. center. You can plant we them, them all in. now. You can you can plant those fine, or, or if you want, we we can plant them. We land mm-hmm. nurseries have planting crews. They can yeah. do it for you. We're design centers. We've got and we can do it quickly right now too. We sure can. So thank you, Lisa. Great shrub ideas, evergreen shrubs you can plant now for the to enhance your winter landscapes. Yeah. Thank you, Ken and Lisa Lane, and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Did you know that plants can help you sleep better, naturally? At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night and even take mold spores out of the air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep. Rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams. These tulips are delicious. We're the cutest mule deers, and we just ate Mrs. Smith's flowers. (laughs) We avoid Mrs. Johnson's because she has native plants from Waters Garden Center. She's got bright red sage, sunny blanket flower, hot pink gara, and a lot more. They grow like crazy in local soil, and she hardly ever has to water them. Hummingbirds and bees love natives, but they taste awful to tear. I sure hope Mrs. Smith doesn't figure that out. Go native. Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Not all mountain shrubs are created equal, at least at a high elevation. And so I wrote an article a couple weeks ago or so. We've covered a lot of shrubs here so far, but I thought I'd highlight a few of the others that are, uh, a lot of these are deciduous, that is they lose their leaves, but they're forming their buds right now, like a lilac. Lilacs are, mountain lilacs, they're famous. So they're drought hardy, they're fire wise, they've got a lot going for them. And they get this beautiful, fragrant flower, usually in the month of April or so. And so every yard in the mountains of Arizona should have a lilac, every single yard. It's just, it's one of those mountain plants that we are famous for. And so that's one that's, that's, I think, should be on your list, your radar someplace. And I like to put those fragrant flowers out where I'm going to enjoy them. So by the time they're blooming, you'll be outdoors, grilling, kind of watching the sunset, enjoying some tea or or coffee in the back back patio. Put it out there where that that flower wisps through and, and, and... you can smell it. Now, for us, we also have some fragrant lilacs on the west side of our house. So my office at home downstairs is brutally hot. It's right there where the sun is. But I've got an overhang there, but I, I, I grow a lilac there because it gets just the right height where it shades my office. And then it's deciduous, lose its leaves, so now it can warm up my office in the winter. And then it's not in a place where it's really accessible. 
So I, we go through, and it's a white lilac, so we picked an unusual color. We go and we harvest those flowers and bring them indoors, and we enjoy them in a vase. We just enjoy, we bring that fragrance in with us. So you can use them in different ways, and that's how we've used it a couple of hours. Forsythia. Every yard needs a forsythia. So it's this beautiful yellow flower, shrub up to about now a head higher, so maybe a little lower than that. There's different, there's different heights, some miniature ones that may be hip high or so, but usually about hip to chest high. That's where they seem to land. Well, they announced spring. That's one of the first just prolific bloomers. And you know, oh, spring's here. Forsythia are in bloom. The great thing about those, it's a great shrub. It's drought hardy and animals don't bother that plant. They don't eat it. They have no interest. So deer will come in and graze your your shrubs and eat your flowers, not forsythia. They don't care. And so it's a great one. I think every yard should have one of those. It is another deciduous flower. That, that, that is, it loses its foliage. It's just twigs right now. You come to the garden center. We've got them in containers. They're fully rooted. They will bloom next spring, but uh, the stems are all loaded with buds. Every one of those buds is a flower bud. And so you'll see hundreds of them. Literally, a, a, one forsythia can have a thousand flowers. It's crazy. It's just, it's beautiful. Another one is Rose of Sharon. Rose of Sharon, for you folks down the deserts and, and lower elevations, uh, more tropical, you love your hibiscus. Well, hibiscus doesn't grow up here, but there's two varieties that do. Rose of Sharon is our hardy hibiscus. The flower isn't as large. I mean, flowers don't get as large as your hands, but they do get, I don't know, four inches across. They make up for flower size by sheer, sheer volume. They have more flowers. And so it's one of those, typically a summer bloomer. But again, it's one of those robust, beautiful flowers. Hummingbirds love them. Butterflies get on them. Now, that's one that, that if you like a taller shrub that gets about head high or so, six, seven foot tall, great one. Another one, since I mentioned butterfly, is butterfly bush. Butterfly bush is, uh, it's kind of old-fashioned. We also call it summer lilac. It's got a lilac-type flower, but it blooms a month after the lilacs are done blooming. Again, deciduous. It's kind of twiggy. A few, few, little bit of foliage on there right now, but not a lot. Uh, it's one of those that it's just really pretty come usually May through the end of the year. And truly, butterflies do love them. I mean, they are... Magnet, I mean, butterfly, they'll be all over these flowers uh, summer, all summer long. They'll just be covered. You will guarantee you're going to have uh, butterflies on your flowers if you plant a butterfly bush. Now, your grandparents grew this huge dark night, it's the name, dark night butterfly bush. It gets up 10 feet tall, 10 feet wide. It's a monster. It's, it's huge. It needs to be cut back radically every winter. We're coming out with new varieties that are semi-dwarf to dwarf varieties. I even have one that's a ground cover variety. Uh, so there, there's different heights. So you, you've got more choices now. So if you were scared off in the past, well, there are better choices now, especially if you're going in containers or raised beds. There's much smaller, easier to maintain varieties. Of course, Russian sage, that's a companion plant that goes with Russian sage and um, salvia gregii or autumn sage. Those are all three of those, butterfly bush, autumn sage, and Russian sage. They're all companion plants with each other, and they like the same environment, full sun. Usually you plant those together at different layers. So you kind of zigzag them through so they all take the same sun. It's just They're just tough, tough plants. They're great plants, great shrubs. They should be on your list. 
to research and, and take a look, especially if you've got a new planting, a new landscape, uh, remodeling. Uh, this, this is areas where you can plug in some really fabulous, great colored plants. Of course, grasses. Our most famous is bear grass, B-E-A-R, bear grass. That's our native grass, grows green, it's evergreen grass, gets up maybe eh, three, four feet tall, beautiful white flower in summer. And then deer grass is a little softer, less coarse, has a pretty pink flower to it, not pink plume to it. Those are some grasses. We're up in these, especially in the plain areas, the Prescott Valleys, Paulden, Skull Valleys, you're, you're famous for your, your grasses out there. And so why not incorporate some of those? Grasses, I love that they, they move the wind. They just look good. So those are some others you should look at. Uh, barberry. Barberry is maybe unfamiliar to you. East Coast, Midwest, they know barberries. A lot of varieties, but they love blistering hot sun, wind. Uh, they've got a thorn on them. They actually have, they just, they look like they should be growing in the Southwest. And they've got this beautiful New growth that's burgundy and reds and oranges, uh, bright greens. They're very bright, typically about knee-high, maybe a little bit taller. It depends on the variety, but just a tough, robust plant that's easy to take care of. Hardly takes any pruning whatsoever. Plant it, you put it on your drip system, and forget about it. Just This looks good. Right now, it's pretty much deciduous, but it's got this interesting structure to it. Very, very interesting branching coming out. But the, it's one of the first plants to leaf out. It's got this pretty flower to it. It's up and down the stems. It really, you're planting that bright foliage that it comes out with. What else? Um, I would say a, a dark night uh, Coreopterus or false spirea. This is one that looks sort of like, has the same color as Russian sage, has a much, much nicer shrub look to it. It looks like a shrub, whereas... Russian sage it has a spiky upright, looks like a perennial almost. Uh, it, it, you plant it or design with it shrub-like, but uh, the Coreopterus or false spirea has a very pretty blue flower. Butterflies, I notice, love that plant. Hummingbirds are all over that plant. But great, full sun, drought hard, you can't kill it. I mean, it's, just, it's just a tough plant. Animals don't eat it. So deer and javelina and, and, and rabbits, leave it alone. It's just a great plant that's unique to here in the mountains of Arizona. It's one of those unique plants that does so well. Um, I, I put it on the list. Again, all of these I have at the garden center, or I've got lists of these that you can go with. Uh, another native, just while we're on native, was uh, grow low sumacs. Sumacs do really well in the mountains. So plant them. I would not put those on a drip system. They naturalize really easy. Same with manzanita. I've got this beautiful manzanita plants. Don't put those on your drip system. They'll, you'll, you'll overwater them. They'll die. You water them by hand. But all the sumac families, but the low-growth sumac for really difficult spots, a steep embankment. I'll design those in at the top so it creeps over and flows. But it's famous for its robustness, fragrant flower, fragrant foliage, and great fall color. It's deciduous right now. Loses its foliage, uh, but but it's it's just so robust, so tough. Many of the shrubs you see roaming out in, in in the native forest. Those many of those are sumacs, and so that's one you go go with. Uh, it's a companion plant to the manzanitas. I've got two or three varieties of manzanita at the garden center, even right now. 
Uh, it depends on the height. You've got the really tall ones, uh, the Howard McMinns. You've got the smaller ones, Panchitos. You've got the really low-growing uh, ones. So you've got which variety, but they're all really robust. Great shrubs uh, to plant in the mountains in your backyard. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. You're in the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring? A castle surrounded by rock is just so bland, but we can help. At Waters, we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes with something fresh, new, and evergreen. Plus, we deliver and plant for you. Designer plants with the experts to help you beautify your new abode. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. The very first garden class for 2020 was last weekend. Lisa taught that. It was on how, how growing better houseplants, how to design with houseplants, what are the best, how do you take care of them, how do you get the most fertilizer out of them, how do you grow them. Uh, and so we had over 25 students. It's shocking for the first class of the year. Usually it's a soft launch. People haven't quite heard about it yet. and They're not quite in the mood yet, but great, energetic. Thanks for joining us. Um, if that's of interest, if, if, if garden classes are something, you know, like hanging out with really cool people that also like plants, join us. It's every Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. And the subjects change, the instructors change. So I teach some, Lisa teach some. This weekend, we've got Doug Arthur. He's one of our lead designers. He goes out in the field, helps walk people's yards, tell them what they have, how to add a tree, a shrub. He's, he, he does a lot of design work. He's actually teaching this week's class on the top local landscapes with flair, how to add some flair to your landscape. That's this Saturday at 9.30. Next week, uh, January and why it's the best month to plant wildflowers and how to plant wildflowers and what seeds to grow. That's the 25th. That one, I, I am sure, it's always a popular class. That one I'm sure we'll have to have in that upper greenhouse because there'll be 50-plus students at that one. Uh, and then it's uh, pre preparing your soil. We mentioned that at the beginning of this show, but how, what, what are the ingredients to really have great garden soil to grow in this year? That's, that'll be February 1st. Mountain fruit trees and the great harvest, the 8th, gardening for newcomers, the 15th. All of those are listed at watersgardencenter.com or Facebook under events. You know, Look for Waters Garden Center. You'll find us. Um, it's under events. So all of those are there. We're, we're here to help you be better gardeners. Lisa had mentioned at the beginning of the show, her segment, that uh, if you need some help, bring an iPad bring a column. Just, hey, where is this? I want to see this. 
but, but iPads or technology, a phone, we can zoom in and take a look at that landscape. I was just helping a customer. She bought a house and the previous owners only liked sand and boulders, sand and rock. The entire yard is sand, gravel, rocks. That's it. No plants. This is a gardener. She's going crazy. She's going, usually I've bought homes and I'm remodeling what someone's already done. This time I can actually put my thumbprint. It will be my design. And she was overwhelmed. Didn't know where to start. I'm going, we can help you with that. Let's go. We started with a little strip going right to the front door. She's going to like big swooping branch. I'm going, well, there might not quite be enough soil right there. Why don't we put that on the other side of the walkway? Why don't we put some smaller things? Why don't you put some evergreens? sporadically and then leave room for some perennial flowers you get some blooming things and some evergreen evergreens with some blooming stuff that will be later as we come to the front door we can put a pot on this side so we can help you design that if you just don't know where to start it's overwhelming take a picture and then bring it in and and the other thing is don't try to plan the entire yard all at once start with the driveway the front door the back patio where privacy, someone's looking in on your hot tub, they're watching you eat dinner, watching your TV from across the property line, they're watching the ball game through their windows, through your windows. We can strategically plant those areas for you. Then it's not so overwhelming because you just don't know where to start otherwise. So one step, this is a great time to plan, to see. Not every department of the garden center here is, I, mean, I don't have the full-on vegetable complement. That's April, May, and June. I don't have full-on herbs. I've got the great herbs for winter, but I don't have the, the, the 150 variety non-GMO varieties I'll have in April, May, and June. But I've got lots of shrubs, all the trees. They're all available. Fruit trees are starting to roll in. So we've got, we're starting. Start with the front door, then the driveway, then the back patio. It won't be overwhelming. And then ask for help. If you just don't know where to go, that's what a good designer does. They love helping you have a better, more beautiful landscape. Ken and Lisa Lane, we're here at the at Waters Garden Center every week, and we love talking to friends or fans of the show. My living room feels so empty. Now that the Christmas tree is gone, the house just seems so blah. Brighten it up with a big, bold, beautiful plant from Waters Garden Center. Fill that cavernous space with tall tropicals, colossal cactus, and sizable succulents that bring the great outdoors indoors. Make a gorgeous green space you can enjoy all year, not just for a season. Unique, exclusive, one-of-a-kind houseplants found only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.